This is 680 CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, there are some big season finales coming your way. We'll let you know which ones, plus... I'm Jeff Braun. We'll look ahead to some of the other shows coming this summer, plus... We'll go ape over what's coming to home video this upcoming week. First, it's the news from the couch. I don't want to die. I want to come back with the answers to death and life. I need you to bring me back. I have no interest in watching you kill yourself. Remember Flatliners? It's been given the remake treatment, and its first trailer arrived this week. The original film was released in 1990 about a group of medical students who launch an experiment to push the boundaries of death. And that's what they're doing in this new one, too. Do you have plans tonight? Do you want to have fun with me later? Courtney Holmes, I am mildly surprised, but offer accepted. Midnight basement, sub-level C. I would like you to stop my heart. You give it one minute, and then you bring me back. Okay, now's the point where you say it's all a joke. The tagline for the film, you haven't lived until you've died. What happens to us after we die? The only way to find out is to see for ourselves. We could document that experience. Did you see a white light? It was more like pure energy. How is she playing the piano now? It's like her brain's been rewired. I'm going next. Charging 200. It's a good day to die. Clear. The original film starred Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, William Baldwin, and Oliver Platt. This new one's cast includes Ellen Page, Nina Dobrev, she was in The Vampire Diaries, and before that, Degrassi, I think. Diego Luna from Star Wars Rogue One, and Kiefer Sutherland is in it. He plays a doctor this time. He does not appear in the trailer, but the essence of that original story is there. After they push their experiment too far, bad things start to happen. Seven minutes. No one's ever come back from that. Was it all fun? Was there anything disturbing? Something is happening to us. I think I'm going crazy. Maybe we opened a door. I really don't know why this film has been remade. Have you ever thought to yourself, hey, I think they should remake Flatliners? My guess is you probably forgot the original film even existed. Not because it was bad, I actually like it, but it's certainly not one of the all-time classics. The new one opens September 9th, September 29th. This was my fault. News this week about the upcoming DuckTales reboot. That's the new and improved theme, which is the same as the old one, but with a woman singing instead of a man and a much funkier band laying down the tracks. The original aired in the late 80s, early 90s, and followed the globe-prodding adventures of miserly billionaire Scrooge McDuck and his nephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie. This week they announced the start date for the reboot. It'll debut on August 12th on the Disney XD channel, and they're launching it 
with a 24-hour unending loop of the hour-long season premiere. It's kind of weird because after that, you'll have to wait all the way until September 23rd for new episodes. Yeah, I know how he feels. But September 23rd is apparently the 30th anniversary of the original. That's why they're doing that. Although, I don't think anybody was really counting down to that anniversary, but whatever. We've already seen a trailer, the animation a little more modern, but everyone basically looks the same. And the voice talent has some recognizable names this time around, including David Tennant of Doctor Who and Jessica Jones fame as Scrooge. Huey, Dewey, and Louie will be played by Danny Pudi, Ben Schwartz, and Bobby Moynihan of Community, Parks and Rec, and SNL fame, respectively. Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda is in as Fenton Crackshell Cabrera. Oscar winner Jim Rash as Gyro Gearloose. Beck Bennett, the guy that does Putin on SNL, as Launchpad McQuack. And a host of other fantastic actors and comedians rounding out the cast, including Allison Janney, Margot Martindale, Paul F. Tompkins, and Kate McCucci. And in case you're wondering, Donald Duck is in the opening credits, but like the original, will probably be largely sidelined because you can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> The first trailer arrived this week for the latest movie starring Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. It's called Daddy's Home 2. Hey, hey, how's your day? Stepdads and dads don't always get along, but Dusty and I have this co-dad thing on lockdown. You make treats for tonight, right? I'll hit the bakery on the way to the pageant. Bakery? Look, you don't want me to go to the bakery. No, I'm usually when you repeat what I said and you shake your head up and down, it really means you don't want me to do it. I'm just thinking, what? Maybe homemade? No problem, Braddy. Homemade snickerdoodles come right up. Hey! Hogan Rugan, you better count your teeth! Thank you so much for the cocoa! The first Daddy's Home debuted in theaters in December 2015. Pharaoh played the nerdy stepdad, Wahlberg was the cool dad-dad, and they had a rivalry. It got surprisingly bad reviews, 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. I say surprising, because in 2010, they co-starred in the buddy cop movie The Other Guys, and it was hilarious, and it got great reviews, so I just figured this would be more of that. This new one, Daddy's Home 2, is about their dads. Mark Wahlberg's dad is played by Mel Gibson. Hello? Grandpa Kurt? Look, your father hasn't met the new Evolved Dusty. That's exactly the stuff he's going to make fun of us for. You'll see. Dear God. Wow. Is that him? Dress is so cool. (laughs) Will Ferrell's dad, meanwhile, is played by John Lithgow. He hasn't seen his dad in a long time. It's only been two weeks, but it feels like forever! It does, doesn't it? And this guy's raising your kids half the time? So the grandpas have come together for the first big family Christmas, and comic hijinks I'm sure will ensue. I've never actually seen the first one, so I was happy to learn that that film and this sequel co-star wrestling superstar John Cena, who earlier in 2015 co-starred in Trainwreck, and had this memorable line. Hey, uh, Mark Wahlberg, shut your bitch up. Mark Wahlberg's like 150 pounds. I'm 250 lean. I look like Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg. So I thought that was a nice touch bringing him in for Daddy's Home, and now this sequel. Hard to imagine a movie with this much star power being bad, but apparently that first one was not all that great. I still want to see it, and the sequel, which opens November 10th. Look who's here! 
<laughs> Tell the pop joke. Hey, kids, I got a good one for you. Two dead hookers wash up on the show. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. It's John Wick. That was our first introduction into the world of John Wick back in 2014. John Wick is a super assassin played by Keanu Reeves who specializes in shooting you and 20 of your best henchmen in the heads from point blank while you all come at him one after another video game style. It was a thrilling revenge movie. He was getting back at them for killing his dog. And it was a minor hit that only saw its popularity grow over time. So, a sequel came out earlier this year, John Wick Chapter 2. You working? Afraid so. Whoever comes, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. Of course you will. The same action style made for a crazy fun time at the movies, still my favorite of 2017 so far. And a third movie will follow sometime, but they're also doing a TV show based not so much on John Wick himself, but the overall world of assassins portrayed in the movies. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Do I need to remind you that there will be no business conducted on the continental grounds? No, senor. No, sir. There's a very strange little universe in these movies where in every big city has a hotel called The Continental where the assassins all stay. That'll be the name of the show at this point anyways. They aren't allowed to fight each other in the hotel so they have dinner together and stuff and then try to kill each other in the real world. They also pay with these special gold coins and have a very complicated widespread communication system. It's fun but not really why we buy the tickets. Nevertheless, that's the world the TV show will focus on which is smart because a hotel is a good baseline for a show. People can come and go as the story sees fit. As for whether Keanu will be in the show... People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Actually, he probably isn't. I just like that clip. The director says he may make an appearance, but he certainly won't be the main guy. That'll have to wait until Chapter 3 of the film series. Also, no word on whether the Continental regulars like Ian McShane or Lance Reddick may appear in the show. While all these things are being planned, there are at this point no concrete dates or channels or anything set in stone yet for the next movie or show. Now, may I suggest a visit to the bar so you can calm yourselves? Gin, wasn't it? Yes. Bourbon, right? Yeah. That is the news from The Couch. Up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video this upcoming week. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. You came here looking for a tracker. Who or what am I tracking? That's a big one. Before we leave this island, we're going to bring that ape down. We're all gonna die together out here. <laughs> he shouldn't have come here. Skull Island, rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX March 10th. I'm Brett. He is Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes having a look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week. Tuesday, June 20th. Kong, Skull Kong. Island. Yeah, that was fun. I like that movie. That's one of the better ones we've seen this year. Yeah, it was fun. I very much enjoyed it. I liked it better than the, the Peter Jackson By far. A film. country mile. 
Yeah, and it, it sets up the the legend. I believe it, legendary the pictures. Yeah, the monster verse with right. King Kong and Godzilla. Well, no, it, it doesn't set it up. I guess Godzilla was step one, and then King Kong is step two, and I think the next one is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and then they're gonna it's gonna be Godzilla versus King Kong. They got some timeline issues. Yeah, well, because King this because uh, this thing sets modern time. Wait, the King Kong was set in the seventies. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So even though Godzilla was set in the present, King Kong was set in the 70s, but I guess... Yeah, these monsters met... can live for a while, right? Yeah. So, King, right. I'm sure he's been around a long time, <laughs> and he'll be around for a lot longer. So yeah, well, that was fun. That's available on Digital HD on Tuesday, June 20th, so that means things like iTunes and Google Play and what have you. He'll be able to get it on hard copy or on demand a couple of weeks after that. Also Digital HD, The Zookeeper's Wife, starring Jessica Chastain. That's uh, based on a real-life story about a lady who helped run a zoo in Poland during World War II, and she hit a lot of Jews from the Nazis there and saved a lot of lives. Apparently, I, I know one person that has seen it, and they said they enjoyed it quite a bit. On June 20th, on DVD and Blu-ray, you can get a hard year hard copy of that space movie Life with uh, Jake Gills, Ryan Reynolds, and Rebecca Ferguson. That looked far too scary for me to watch. Yes, uh, looking at Life on Box Office Mojo, looks like a lot of people maybe thought the same thing too because it was not a huge hit domestically. It only made $30 million bucks in North America. Uh, its worldwide total was $99 million, so that's not too bad, but I'm just uh, It checking. seems like it's the kind of thing that you know will make up quite a bit more on home video kind of thing. I think so, and I'm just looking at it. I could have sworn it had decent reviews. Yeah, uh, it certainly wasn't Yeah, six, 68%. That's yeah. not awful. Uh, I'm just going to turn off the audio here because every time I go to Rotten Tomatoes, the, an, an ad, ad for Megan Levy pops up <laughs> every every time. So you go away, Megan Levy and your dog. Um, that's the movie, by the way, about the Marine who has the bomb-sniffing dog in Iraq, and they both get hurt, and she gets sent back to the United States, and she's trying to get her dog back, and it looks uh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so life... Uh, a friend of mine saw it. He said it was great. Really? Apparently it borrows a lot from Alien, but not in a, we're just stealing yeah, yeah. point blank from Alien. They kind of put their own spin on it. So That's cool. All right. Yeah. And so that's basically what's coming out on home video. You saw something on home video this week. I did. Thanks to you for loaning me your yeah. Blu-ray copy of Get Out. I'm bringing you home. I'm back in the bee. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Get out. Something is weird. It's the people. Get out. Something wrong? I can't move. You've been chosen. Get out. You're so scared. Get out. Get out. Get out. Rated R. So this film debuted in February, February 24th. And I remember wanting to see it. I just never got around to it. You actually went out to see it in theater, and good for you. Because wanted to see what all that fuss was about. And I had heard that, hey, it's not a super gore fest. So. Yeah, it's not a... Even in terms of a scare, like, it, it is sort of billed as a horror movie, but it's not quite as scary as one might hope. Uh, I know a friend of mine recently watched it and was not aware of the hype or anything. Just yeah heard that this was a good scary movie and was kind of disappointed by it which I can totally understand because uh, another friend of mine said it's got a very it's kind of has a cabin in the woods sort of feel right Where, did you ever see cabin I don't in know the what woods that means, yeah. okay all right well it's it that was sort of it just the, the trailers made it look like kind of your typical scary cabin in the woods movie right. but there's a twist and it had a huge twist very much like get out 
I loved it. I even though there was all the hype, I and I had really high expectations. Yeah, I was wondering about that because we've both been burned on things like that before. Sometimes high expectations can make a movie impossible to truly enjoy. And I will admit that there was one point in the film where I thought, okay, this is trying a little too hard to be weird and different, but. Once you get to the end and put all the pieces together, you realize that that's not the case, that yeah. it had to be exactly what it was doing. Yeah. yeah, in hindsight, it's really fascinating, and it's very it's brilliant at how it you know sets everything up and then just starts knocking those pins down one after another at the end. It's, it's frankly amazing like that if you really look at it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I also like how the director, creator, writer, Jordan Peele, he says in the special features, he talks about how he tried to make his leading man do common sense sort of things. He said, it, it, that always bothers me when I watch scary movies and the leading characters do really dumb things. Yeah. I thought do com- have him do more common sense things that'll make it more relatable. And uh, I fully agree. It was, Get Out was fabulous. And Rod, Rod for the win. Four and a half couch cushions out of five for Get Out. And up next, we're going to talk about some big season finales coming up this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. There are three big-time season finales coming up this week on your television. We want to tell you a little bit about them. We'll start with Better Call Saul. On the next episode of AMC's Better Call Saul. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. And if you agree, I think we can settle all this right now with a simple handshake. Where's the poppy? Uh-huh. If I had to do it all over again, I would do some things differently. For more Better Call Saul, go to amc.com. Season three of Better Call Saul, which is the prequel to Breaking Bad on AMC. It's about lawyer Jimmy McGill and his eventual transformation into the scuzzball lawyer named Saul Goodman that we come to know and love in Breaking Bad. Saul Goodman. Exactly. Yep. Even that uh, little reveal in the first season was, (laughs) oh my goodness, that's where the name Saul Goodman comes from. And uh, this show, well, continues to be one of my favorite shows on television. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm a couple episodes behind, but I've really loved this season and, you know, it's, it's sort of, it'll definitely be in the top five. And I honestly think that Bob Odenkirk has got to be the front runner for the Emmy this year. Now it helps Rami Malek won't be eligible because Mr. Robot's not coming back till October. And I sort of hope that Justin Theroux, Thoreau from The Leftovers at least gets nominated this year. And that's a rent for the week the nominations come out. But I think uh, Odenkirk, he's always good. It does feel like he really actually cranked it up a bit this year. Uh, as you know, we've actually seen some real evidence of Jimmy turning into what will be Saul. So yeah, that's a fine line to play. And yeah, it's just been some great stuff in there. I've also loved all the Gus Frink stuff they added this year. He's always fun to watch. So uh, I'm better call Saul is I I didn't watch season two until like two weeks ago (laughs) or or not two weeks ago, but right before season three started when it came out on Netflix. Okay. So I've, I've been like on a season two slash three sort of binge kind of thing. Loving it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's beautifully shot. It's expertly written and directed. And one of the things that I really like about Better Call Saul is that it takes simple moments, seem like big deals, you know, just simple kind of everyday things. Uh, because in that moment, if it's happening to you, it is a big deal. Like there's one scene where, and this this doesn't spoil anything, uh, this was from the last episode, and I know you're not there. That's right. But there's a point where something happens with her car. I'll just say that. 
and uh, they show her deal with this situation, and she kind of almost makes a mess as a result. And it was just this sort of everyday kind of problem that would not be featured in other TV shows, but in Better Call Saul, they do such a brilliant job of making it feel like an emergency because in that moment, it, it, any one of us would feel exactly what they're going through on the show. That's good. Another thing that I like that they do is they, like we've seen it from earlier in the season with Mike, the character Mike, trying to just meticulously doing sort of mundane mundane things. And they make it compelling to watch him yeah. just kind of do stuff. And you buy it because he's a very meticulous guy that we already and we already knew that back from Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad did it so great with Walter White, who was a man of science and a chemist, and there was a step by step process that you know, that was his life, the way he lived, so it made sense to show that. Yeah. And there's another scene with one of the uh the drug dealer guys, Nacho, where Nacho. he's trying to learn a particular skill. And again, it, so they just, they, they take people doing yeah. things in silence. No one else there to talk to. And uh, it's really cool to watch. I enjoy it. I don't know how many more seasons they're going to do, but I've, I worry for my friend Nacho because I really like him. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, Gus and Hector, they show up later in Breaking Bad, so they're not killing those guys off, but... There wasn't no nacho on Breaking Bad, so that, that guy's story isn't going to end good. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I fear that. And he, here, a side note: the guy who plays Nacho, and I, I, I don't know his name off the top. He looks like my friend Ralph. Really? But, yeah. Oh, that's weird. He was in the first season of Orphan Black. Oh, really? And he in in uh, Better Call Saul, he's calm yeah. and cool, and he has this intensity about him where you know that he could be uh, triggered to rage at any second. Whereas in Orphan Black. He was loud and clumsy and annoying and the complete opposite. So he, <laughs> so he's a good actor. Yeah, I really like him. Um, and what you, what you mentioned about we're starting to see Jimmy take the steps that are really t- pushing him towards Saul. There, we, we see in this show that I think deep down he really does mean well because the people he cares about truly. Yeah. I mean, really, at this point, all that's left is Kim, right. his co-lawyer. The thing, he takes... He goes to real depths to to take care of her, but it's almost like he doesn't care who he takes down in order to care for her. I think what what, what I'm getting at there yep. is he's starting to show that the only person he's going to look out for is number one, and it doesn't matter who gets hurt along the way. It's just, it's awesome. Better Call Saul season finale uh, Monday on AMC. Next up, American Gods. Sure. Times, they are changing. We need you to fight them to show them who we are. They are gods, for God's sake. So what's the plan? War. Deliver me. Deliver me. None of this feels real. It feels like a dream. And things are never going back to the way that they were. It will be glorious, win or lose. Deliver me. American Gods airs on stars in the U.S. and in Canada. It's uh, only on Amazon Prime Video. So unlike Twin Peaks, which is on Crave TV and the Movie Network, I had previously said it was only on Crave TV. I was wrong. Uh, you can't get American Gods anywhere else. So, so we haven't seen it. <laughs> no, I don't have Amazon Prime Video. It's eight episodes, and I, I think Amazon Prime gives you a, a thirty-day sort of freebie trial. Yeah. So I think maybe I'll subscribe. There you go. Watch it. The plow eight episodes. That'll take me two nights, and then I'll 
say goodbye to Amazon. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Because I, well, I, mean, I think it's 90 bucks for the year after the, the free month, which just, isn't bad. But, but they, they don't have that much stuff. Yeah, their library is kind of slim pickings. They'll build, so, up, build yeah. it up yet. Uh, the other one, big one this week on Wednesday, it's the season three finale of Fargo. The gloves are off now. Not a pretty picture. Feminine hygiene deployed as a weapon? Ow! Why don't you start from the beginning? This fella comes in and wants a case of frozen orange juice concentrate. Which... Is that... Can you make math from that? Not last I heard. Fargo, Wednesday, April 19th on FX. And it wraps up this Wednesday on FX. Of course, it's the Kirk... Quirky, uh, the Quirky Cops and Robbers show based on the Coen Brothers movie of the same name from the mid-90s. It has not been the best season of Fargo, although it is still significantly better than most other shows on TV. Definitely also in my top five this year. However, it sort of hit the been there, done that wall, which is a little distressing. Season one's Seasons one and two were quite a bit different from each other, but this third season feels very much like season one again. Still some fun, weird Coen Brothers-y stuff as Minnesota good and bad guys duke it out. And great performances from the likes of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Carrie Coon, David Thewlis. He's having a banner year with his role in Wonder Woman as well. Michael Stuhlbarg, Ewan McGregor, and on and on and on. A lot of the fun comes from all the little tips of the cap to the Coen Brothers movie. There was a great scene that evoked a famous scene from The Big Lebowski a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of uh, serious man similarities this season. That movie actually starred Michael Stuhlbarg. And obviously, of course, there's lots of Fargo references. Series creator Noah Hawley said last week this may actually be the final season of Fargo. And if he's saying that, then it's probably a good idea. I mean, it hasn't seemed as fresh this year as the first two seasons. Still pretty great. I'd hate to see what it might sink to, though, if the people making it uh, you know, don't have a great idea for a season or if their hearts aren't really in it. So if Holly wants to focus on his other show, Legion, rather than continue with Fargo, go ahead and pull the plug. Uh, three great seasons would be fine with me. I have nine episodes of Fargo now, so I guess the first nine <laughs> of a ten-episode season. They're sitting on my PVR. I've been waiting to watch it, but after you say it's not as good as the first two seasons. Have you seen the first wonder. two? No, I haven't. So you know what? I would actually recommend watching this third one first. Really? Yeah, there's just... There's one call back to season one in one episode that you'll be like, well, why is that guy special? But okay. big whoop. Okay. So uh, it's not like I need to see no. seasons one no, and no, two no. to enjoy this. No. Okay. Well, maybe I'll I'll get to Fargo. Uh, so there you go. Fargo is coming up on Wednesday on FX. American Gods, I think that, that wraps up on Sunday in the States. And I'm pretty sure America or Amazon Prime posts those episodes the next day. So by Monday, it should be up. And that's based on a book, by the way, uh, by Neil Gaiman, best-selling book, which was believed impossible to adapt for the screen. Oh, so they gave it a shot. And uh, Why is that guy's name familiar? Neil Gaiman, he was the guy behind Stardust. That's right. One of the few one, the few films that both Couch Potatoes <laughs> gave the sectional five couch cushions out of five. Yeah. You recently watched it again, one. right? Uh, yeah, I rewatched it a month or two ago. Does it hold up? It holds up. Okay. Some of the special effects are not so great, but basically it does. Did you see? Okay. And it's weird because that the main guy in it, who was like this, you know, very boyish young man, and that we had never seen before. He's yep. a guy that's he's Daredevil now, so it's <laughs> weird to see him in Stardust. <laughs> that's right. Uh, what what other movies have I given the sectional? Wally. Have you seen Wally? I have seen Wally. I don't. I saw it in theater too. Yeah. I, I do not recall what I gave it. I'm, okay. And it I up. think the only other one that I have given the sectional is Inception. I don't think I would have for Inception. Okay. 
frustrated me too much. <laughs> they cut it off before that thing ended. <laughs> okay. Up next, speaking of things ending, Jeff never got to share some thoughts on the Americans. So we'll get to that in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. Just want to very quickly talk about something here. We have, uh, as you know, we review movies on couch cushions. And the highest honor that we can bestow is five couch cushions out of five, the sectional. The sectional. <laughs> and we rarely play that. We haven't played that in a long time. Anyways, we were talking about Stardust. We both gave that to sectional just because it was so much fun and so interesting and original. Yeah. And then you said you also gave Wally and Inception the sectional. I checked during the break. Did not review Inception. Okay. And I gave Wally four couch cushions out of five. Okay, well, there you go. Thank yeah. you for checking. I was genuinely curious about that. And I have also been curious, because I know we didn't have time to do this last week, The Americans, one of your, consistently one of your top shows. Yep. Its fourth season just came to an end? Fifth. It was the fifth and second last season, just wrapped uh, probably, I guess, three weeks ago by now. Uh, it's That's the FX show about the two KGB spies, played by Kerry Russell and Matthew Reese, posing as an American couple in Washington, D.C. in the 80s. Terrific show this season, unfortunately not its best. The problem being that before the season started, they knew it would be their second last year, so it was mostly setting up stuff for the final season, which I'm sure will be great, but it was, you know, it's kind of boring to watch a bunch of setup and then no payoff at the end. The main story that did begin and end this season, the season contained story, was also not one of the show's best. Each year they usually have a pretty good arc about a, a specific mission they're on. Um, it did have its moments, especially near the end, but overall uh, it didn't do much for me. So shame about this year, but really looking forward to the big finale next year. Uh, I can't imagine how they're going to end it, but I know it's going to be great. Speaking of stuff that you are looking forward to, uh, summer TV, of course, the big one for me is Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's in mid-July 16th, I believe. It's only a month away, Brett. I know. So excited! Season seven of Game of Thrones. Are you going to rewatch the first six? I don't think. But now that I've so. mentioned it, you just might, won't you? It's in your head now. I know. <laughs> you just incepted me. Uh, I did. I did rewatch all six seasons last year after season six aired. It was last summer. I was going to do. Ah, I'll, I'll watch one episode a day, and that'll that'll pace me out for the whole summer. And I watched. Brett called in sick again today. <laughs> I watched six seasons of Game of Thrones in like two weeks or oh whatever. I have no life. Yeah. Game of Thrones, obviously, is the big one, but what else are you excited about? Is there uh, anything? Well, Broadchurch, you like that one, right? Yes. That one? Season three of that's coming out. Uh, that also stars What's David. What's it, Netflix? David Tennant. I don't know. Well, because season I, three has aired on- Oh, has it? It was on Showcase. Well, I saw a thing. Oh, that's- Okay, the website I was looking at, maybe it's on America. Maybe it's on Netflix. And okay. I didn't catch where it was. So anyways, I was- just looking at the photograph that they, the still they had, I was like, I should actually get into this. So I might get into that this summer yet. Uh, Netflix does have a new show called Friends from College coming out, starring Keegan Michael Key, Fred Savage, Kobe Smulders, and others. It's about college friends in their 40s, and it's a dramedy. Uh, and Key is always great. The early word I've read is that he is the highlight comedy wise. There's a show about the Unabomber called Manhunt Unabomber, where Paul Bettany plays Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, and I think. That will be a big pass for me. I mean, a lot of the true crime stuff the last year or so has been great, but I really don't have an appetite to watch much more of that. Yeah, that's right. I think I would agree. And I, you know what? I'm just, I quickly Googled it, and yep. it is indeed BBC America. Uh, Broadchurch Season oh, 3 okay. gets a June premiere date. Well, that doesn't help me any. It's already on Showcase. It's out there. I'll find June 28th. It. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it'll probably end up on Netflix. Netflix Canada has seasons one and two. Okay. So. Well, that's where it'd have to start anyways, right? Yeah. So. And uh, there's the show I think I'm most excited about is uh, based on a Elmore Leonard book. There was a movie called it, but now there's a show called Get Shorty starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. You got a clip of that? Uh, yep, sorry. No. Yeah. Matt, I want you to make a collection in LA. The guy doesn't pay, close the account. I'm such an idiot. Trying to finance a movie playing blackjack. What's that? A movie. Do me a favor and scoot over that way. Why? Well, cleaning your brains off that bookcase is going to be a hassle. You got paper towels? That's a real question. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and the last uh, TV show based on an Elmore Leonard book was the show Justified, which was one of my favorite shows of the last 10 years. So uh, Get Shorty, you know, it's not the movie or the book, but obviously there will be similarities. But it's on something called Epics. I don't know what that is. Not sure how it's going to shake out in Canada. I did a Google search, and it didn't pop up immediately on page one, so I just dropped it, and it's like, <laughs> it doesn't air until August 12th. we got two months to figure out how we're going to be able to watch <laughs> the Get Shorty show. There's another show that, that I'm curious about. Jason Bateman stars in it. It's a Netflix series that debuts somewhere in July. It's called Ozark. It's a drama. He plays uh, an accountant who, like, launders money for bad guys. Huh for uh, a major drug cartel, I believe, and he has to move to Missouri to try to go into hiding, essentially. Live in the hills. So that sounds interesting. It'll be yeah. nice to see Jason Bateman doing some more dramatic stuff. And Jessica Biel is in a show called The Sinner. I'm just going off the top of my head from my uh, Entertainment Weekly magazine, but so I can't remember what... I think it's on USA in the States, so that'll probably be on Bravo or Showcase yeah. or something here. It, 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 it's about this family. This woman's at the beach with her husband and kid, and she's, like, cutting some fruit or something with a knife, and something makes her snap, and she, like, stabs a guy to death. Yikes. So the, the show is about what drove her to yeah. do it. That's the mystery. Oh, Sounds kind of neat. So, yeah, summer TV, there are is going to be some good stuff. But clearly, Game of Thrones will be the thing we hear about the most by far. That is all the time we have. I'm Brad, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.